We are beginning a new era for the Big 12 Conference, as you can tell by the backdrop on this show. Hope you enjoy it. The four new teams are up. One, two, three, and four. If you're on YouTube, if you're on the podcast, thanks for joining us as always. And still, if you're new to the show, we've got the koozies for you. Leave a rating, review, subscribe, send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo. M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll hook you up with a free Heartland College Sports koozie as you try to keep that beer, those drinks cold this summer. Thanks for joining us. It is great to be here as we embark on this new era for the Big 12 Conference. We'll talk about the new teams, the excitement around that coming up here on the show. But let's start off with the Pac-12 because uh, the Pac-12 is in an absolute mess. By the way, if I haven't introduced myself yet, because I'm so excited about the Big 12 and its future. I'm Pete Mundo. We are Heartland College Sports. And, of course, we cover the Big 12 Conference, as we have for almost a decade now, here on this show and, of course, on the website. So the Pac-12 is a disaster. I don't care what the reports are. I don't care what Utah administrators are saying to certain TV consultants The Pac-12 is stuck in no man's land. That's where the Pac-12 is today. How do I know that? Because the Pac-12 pushed back its own TV contract negotiation deadline. That's right. Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated, um, he had this report on Friday that the Pac-12, which was supposedly going to have a TV deal, at least a framework lined up by July 1, Instead, said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to push that back to July 21st, which is when they have their Pac-12 media day. So it's amazing how that works, isn't it? It's just like, wow, okay, so um, suddenly you're going to go from having this deal all lined up, supposedly by July 1, that was your tentative deadline that you set for yourselves. Now it's being pushed back three weeks. You usually don't push back TV deals. You usually don't push that back negotiations when you're the one that's in a great spot. That's typically, call me crazy, but that's typically not what one does. That's what the Pac-12 is doing. Ask yourself that might be because they don't have anything good to report. They don't. They've got nothing good to bring to the table right now. So, whoa, the Oklahoma sign just fell. Did you see that? Is that a sign of things to come, by the way? The OU sign just collapsed on us live on the show. Oh, my goodness gracious. If you're watching on YouTube, you just saw that happen in real time. We moved some things around, so when signs start falling on you here, that's what's going to happen, I guess. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I guess that's a uh, harbinger of what the wall is going to look like next year. So the OU sign just fell on its own. (laughs) You got to love it. The beauty of live shows. <laughs> Patrick asks when the Texas f- sign is going to fall down. Hey, I told you guys, I told you guys I was going to leave the OU and Texas signs up all season long. Uh, John says, leave it on the floor. I, you know, listen, they're in the conference. They're in the conference. I'm going to leave the signs up, but it is interesting. The OU sign just fell off the wall. So go figure. <laughs> Oh, brother. Anyway, as I was talking about the Pac-12 and and the future of that conference with its TV deal, the fact that they've got nothing lined up till July 21 tells me all I need to know. They don't have anything good to report. And by the way, they also have no good news for San Diego State. San Diego State is now in a bind. 
the Aztecs have to give the Mountain West Conference formal notice. They had to give formal notice by July 1. That was, of course, on Saturday to avoid doubling the $17 million exit fee. We know that that is now not going to happen. So San Diego State is in an impossible spot. They wanted to be joining the Pac-12 by now, and it did not happen. It didn't happen. July 1 came and went, and there's no TV deal. There's no expansion. This is a horrible situation for the Pac-12 conference. I don't care what anybody else says about it. I mean, just, just if you're a Pac-12 fan, take off the rose-colored glasses for a second and just analyze this for what it is. At what point do you say, I'm sick of being strung along here? And I understand that there are many in the Pac-12 who want to make it work. And by the way, Jamie Pollard, the Iowa State Athletic Director, was on this show and said he wants to make, he wants things to stay as is. He wants the Pac-12 to exist. But if you're Colorado, if you're Arizona, how long are you going to let this go on? So Jim Williams, uh, who we've talked about on this show before, he's a solid TV consultant. He's won Emmys. He's not one of these blowhards on Twitter. He's got good reporting. And he said that he spoke to a high-ranking administrator for one of the Pac-12 Four Corners. And I talked about this briefly last week, but in case you missed it, he basically said that um, they've talked to the Big 12, but they want to keep the Pac-12 together. They remain optimistic that they'll get a media deal done to keep the conference together. And there's reason to believe that, you know, maybe they will. But here's the thing. Everyone's got to sign the deal. You can get offered a deal, but then if the deal stinks, what is going to incentivize a Colorado to sign that deal? That's what I want to know. Because I don't think there's an answer there. I don't think there's going to be a lot that will incentivize a Colorado to sign a deal that's $20, $22 million that they can go to the Big 12 and get $10 million more than that. Right? And as John notes on YouTube Live... San Diego State got hosed by the Pac-12. They absolutely did. Here's the thing. George Kliakov, I know he's fighting for his life and he's fighting for the conference. I mean, fighting for his professional life, of course. But he has screwed San Diego State. He has, in some ways, kind of screwed Arizona and Colorado and even Oregon and Washington and everybody. I think they've got these false promises out there. And they're stringing people along. Right, You see it all the time, but you're getting strung along is what it clearly looks like. Now, when it's Oregon and when it's Washington, they're okay being strung along, and here's why. Oregon and Washington are, of course, as we know, waiting for an invite to the Big Ten one day. But they're better off maintaining the Pac-12 as it currently stands. They're better off with that. They don't really care about the future because they know they're probably gone. But they are better off and they would prefer a scenario in a situation where the Pac-12 is as strong as it can be while they're still in it. So if you're Colorado, if you're Arizona, if you sit there and think to yourself, well, Oregon and Washington want to make it work, so so should we. They want to make it work until they don't want to make it work anymore. And the minute they get an invite from the Big Ten Conference, they will not want to make it work anymore. I promise you that. There will be no interest from Oregon and Washington to want to make the Pac-12 work. The second that invite comes from the Big Ten, they will be gone. And that is only a matter of time because I firmly believe that USC and UCLA cannot last forever on this island 
1,500 miles away from the closest school. Also on YouTube Live, Pete, honestly, with the constant delays, it makes Colorado and Arizona look like they have no cojones. Uh, Fair. Very fair. It does look like that in large part. That Colorado and Arizona are just kind of sitting there and saying, well, you know, I mean, we're going to believe George. Why would you believe George? If you're in the Pac-12, what has George Kliakov done to earn your trust? What has he done to create a situation that makes you feel good about the future of this league? I mean, come on, seriously, what, wh- why? What has he done to suggest that? The answer is nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, Alex adds, if Arizona and Colorado get the invite to the Big 12, it would most likely trigger the Big 10 to add Oregon and Washington. The net effect of that would be a merger with the Pac-12 and the Mountain West. Maybe so. I mean, that makes more sense than anything else right now. But I also think that the remaining schools would want out. I think that Utah would want out. Arizona State would want out. They'd all want out to some degree. Maybe not Stanford because in, in Cal, I mean, you know, academic first, so to speak, institutions. I don't know what their appetite is for any of that. But uh, at some point, of course, the Oregon-Washington thing is going to go down. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time and when. And I do think part of the Big Ten plan is they don't want to look like the guys that put the final nail in the coffin of the Pac-12. They want the Big 12 to take that heat. They know the media, the college football national media, will in large part blame Brett Yormark and blame the Big 12 for the Pac-12's demise, even though all this began, of course, with the Big 10 poaching USC and UCLA. So this is all the fault of the Big 10. If you want to point the finger at anybody, it's the fault of the Big 10. And if you want to go prior to that, it's the fault of the SEC because of Oklahoma and Texas. And the Big Ten felt it had to respond. So, uh, But none of it, to be clear, none of it is the fault of the Big 12. There's not a single thing here that you can blame on the Big 12. Not one. Now, some people are going to try to blame the Big 12 because they don't like the Big 12. They don't care for the league. They have it for a very long time. But none of this is going to be, for anyone who's analyzing this historically from the right perspective, is ever going to be the Big 12's fault. Let's be very clear about that. Very, very clear. Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. It is so good to be here with you talking about the conference and everything else that is happening right now around college football as we uh, go through the dog days of summer. But we do have, of course, this kind of Pac-12 deal just lingering out there, lingering, lingering, lingering. It's a good time to be doing this. Good time to be watching closely here on the show. Now, if I could here at Heartland College Sports, I want to spend a few minutes just talking about the four new additions, Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, and UCF. If you are a Big 12 fan, you have been watching this league through thick and through thin, as I have, as I've been covering this league for over a decade and having this website covering the Big 12 for, geez, I mean, eight, nine years now. And it has been a roller coaster ride. Those of you who have watched this and been a part of this, you know that. I genuinely feel like this league today is as strong as it's ever been. And I'm so happy after this being two years in the making to be having these four schools here, having you here, the new four Big 12 fan bases of Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, and UCF. 
I don't know a lot about any of you. I'm not going to lie. Now, some of you started following us on Twitter. You're liking this show. You're subscribed to our podcast. You're on the website. You're on our free message boards, by the way, which I highly recommend that you go subscribe to. They're free. The message boards are free on the website. Um, but I don't, I don't know a lot about any of you. I'm going to be honest. I mean, there was really no crossover. I'm not an old Southwest Conference guy. I'm not really old enough to remember a lot of those days at their core. I mean, I remember them. I was alive for them, but I don't remember them well. So this is a whole new world order, and I'm so excited about it. When it comes to each team and why, let's start with UCF. UCF, to me, is the sleeping giant in this conference. UCF, if there's a team of these four that I believe is a program that could find itself in college football playoff contention when they go to 12 teams sooner than later, it's UCF. Gus Malzahn has quietly recruited incredibly well. This is a program that has been willing to challenge the hierarchy of college football in Florida, which is, of course, Florida, Miami, and Florida State. And they have done what they needed to do to get there. And now they get the bigger paychecks, That's only going to get better. The competition will improve. The recruiting will improve. And I am so excited to have UCF in the mix. You know, my folks moved to Orlando 15, 16 years ago. They don't live there anymore, but they were there for about a decade. And I watched UCF build up its brand over the last 15 years. You know, when I got down there, you would go to a grocery store, and it was all Florida, Florida State. And then by the time they were you know, a few years into living there, all of a sudden you'd have UCF gear in the food store. And it was like, okay, the brand was building. And now it's next level. Orlando has grown tremendously. UCF has grown tremendously. There's so much there that makes UCF a program that I'm excited about, that I'm thrilled to see welcome onto the Big 12 Conference and what they're going to do and what it could look like for this league. It is just going to be tremendous. And you know what? For those of us in Big 12 country, you just hope that you get a road game in Orlando in November. You bring your golf sticks and, uh, you know, you squeeze in 18 holes on Friday before a game on Saturday. That's, that's selfishly something I'm not opposed to. And it also allows other Big 12 schools to tap into the recruiting pipeline in Florida in a way that maybe they haven't because suddenly you've got a brand down there in Central Florida. So that's exciting, too. That's great stuff for the Big 12 Conference. Now, uh, Houston. Houston's the school that we all maybe know the best in Big 12 country from the Southwest Conference days. And I'm intrigued to see what the future of Houston football... We know the basketball team is, is good, and it's easier to be good in basketball fast than it is football. I'm intrigued to see what this football program is going to be like, and just in general, how the media coverage is going to be of Houston. We know it's in a pro town. Right, And that makes it different from a lot of the Big 12 schools that are in college towns, first and foremost. How does the Houston media cover the Cougars compared to how they used to cover the Houston Cougars? A little more attention, a little more love. How does the Houston fan base do? Do they hit the road a lot? What are they like? How do they show up on the home side? It's a big commuter school. Does that matter? Does that make a difference? I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just noting some of the interesting things around Houston that make me look at the program and say to myself, okay, um, I want to see how the old Southwest Conference rivalries come back into shape. Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU. I'm excited about that. But I also think that of these fan bases, 
The one that has the most to prove to me is Houston. That's the one that I want to see show up because I have the most concern of the four. I'm not calling you out, Cougars fans. I'm just saying of the four new ones, I want to see you guys out in full force. And and I don't see any reason that it can't happen. I just want to see it with my own two eyes. That's all. Now, Cincinnati, this is great for West Virginia. This gives West Virginia a natural geographic partner there that they've desperately needed and desperately wanted for a very long time. And they deserve that, by the way, the Mountaineers. And for the Big 12, it gets you into the Ohio Valley area, which is great for recruiting. I mean, that's an area that guys like Matt Campbell know very well from his Mount Union days. But uh, it is a college football, high school football mecca in that part of the country. Maybe it's not Florida or Texas, but it's, it's damn good. And you've got a ton of talent right in the backyard there. Cincinnati's a program that's been to a college football playoff. It hurts, of course, to lose Luke Fickle. We know it hurts big time to lose Luke Fickle. But still, you end up in a situation where you've got a tremendous amount of talent right in your backyard. I've actually never been to Cincinnati, so I'm going to be intrigued by getting there for the first time and seeing what it's all about and, you know, uh, being a part of that, that atmosphere there. But um, it's not going to be Ohio State. It doesn't need to be Ohio State. But I do believe this from the people I've talked to. It is a very underrated experience, and it will be a great addition for the Big 12 Conference. So I'm excited to see what Cincinnati brings to the table. And we know when that football program is humming what it can do. And I'm not predicting college football playoffs or anything like that anytime soon, but this is not a charity case by any stretch of the imagination. And then last but not least, there's BYU. And with BYU, what I'm really excited about as well is the national brand, which is something that the other three schools coming in simply don't have. And there's not many schools that have the national brand of BYU. Don't kid yourself here. This does not get talked enough about because of the religious component of why BYU has a national and global brand. People want to avoid it. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to address it. But I think that when you look at BYU and what this brand brings to the table, you could not have done a better job for the Big 12. I mean, I'm not going to say it's adding Notre Dame because obviously it's not. But I even think the way college football media has covered the Big 12 expansion They have not given the credit that they should to BYU and what that does for the Big 12 from a branding perspective, from a global fan base perspective, and also from having that late night TV slot. And BYU has been a great partner thus far in everything we've heard, knowing a lot of their home games are going to be at night to appease TV networks with a late night game. I mean, we're going to be watching Big 12 football from 11 a.m. to like, Midnight or 1 a.m., a lot of Saturdays. So strap on the old helmet because it is going to be a wild ride, especially as we sit here with 14 teams for at least, or not at least, only this season, of course, OU and Texas leaving us uh, at the end of the 2023-2024 athletic year. But in the meantime, it is going to be such an exciting season. I'm so happy that after two years, we have finally welcomed these four teams to the conference And everything I hear is that these 12 teams are as united, and as a result, the Big 12 is as united as it's ever been. I mean, really, since the conference was formed, there has never been pure unity. There was the push and pull in Nebraska and Texas. We know how that ended, right? There was the Oklahoma-Texas faction. Then it was A&M-Texas. 
Well, now you've got 12 teams on the same page, rowing in the same direction, ready to be the clear number three power conference in America in football, and I believe still number one in basketball in the future in the Big 12 Conference. And that makes this a very, very exciting time to be a fan of this league. So thank you as a lot of new fans come into the show. We so appreciate you being here. Hit the subscribe button on the show. And as always, know that if you want the Heartland College Sports Koozies, and by the way, we are updating the logo, but we've got a lot of the old koozies left. I ordered a big batch a few weeks ago, and they're high-quality koozies. I'm not going to get rid of them. Consider these the vintage the vintage Heartland College sports koozies. <laughs> we do have to update the logo because the old logo has the states in them, and I can't be you know, just adding states to the logo. So we got a new logo we're going to be rolling out, and there's a lot of exciting things happening up on the website. So be sure to join us there, heartlandcollegesports.com. So grateful for you. Subscribe to the show. Like this show as well. It helps us tremendously and get a koozie by leaving a rating and a review on the podcast and sending me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get you all hooked up. And as always, thank you to our radio affiliates here on the show. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. It's a new era for the Big 12 Conference, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.